Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 83. So I've been under two tornado warnings in the past 24 hours, and like a tornado, we are about to blow you away, talking about Cyclone basketball, Cyclone football, the MLB, the NHL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. Yeah, what the heck is wrong with Iowa? Three straight days of tornadoes, or has it been four? Four straight no days idea. of tornadoes now? Yeah, I know crazy, too. There's Saturday. other areas of tornadoes, but that one that actually was on Merle Hay. Basically. It's Johnston. Yeah. yeah it was, I think it was a little west of Waukee today, but... Yeah. There some on, I remember there were some on Saturday, there were some on Monday, and there were more today. So I don't know if there were any on Sunday to top it all off for four straight days, but at least three out of four. Kansas what is, up is with supposed Iowa? to have more tornadoes, not Iowa. <laughs> I know. Iowa, I hope you're not flattened and keep it well, you're already flat, but I hope you're not more flattened than normal. And uh, just to keep yourself safe and keep listening to us because tornadoes are scary. So, anyway. Keep it moving. Um, Cyclone basketball. Kyle, you have good Cyclone basketball news. Uh, well, we yes, it is good news in the fact that we landed another transfer. Uh, I I don't know if I'm like overly excited about like who this player is coming in. I think he'll add depth, which is what we need at the guard position right now. Uh, so the Cyclones added Jalen Coleman Lands. It'll be interesting to see how that fits on the back of the jersey name-wise. Um, if they'll have to arch it all the way around. Uh, but... Oh, it'll fit. The Gophers once had a guy whose name was Jamal Abu Shamala. They'll make well, that fit. They made I Abu mean, Shamala we, fit. We, so. we fit Horton Tucker. So <laughs> Anyway, he is a grad transfer from DePaul by way of Illinois. He played... Uh, his freshman and sophomore season at Illinois and then transferred to DePaul uh, pending his graduation from DePaul, which apparently is supposed to be soon or get or I think he's taking some summer classes there. He will be a graduate transfer for the Cyclones uh, with immediate eligibility for next season, which is what we need. Uh, he is a former top 40 recruit when he committed to Illinois Um and he is a 6'4 guard that adds, obviously, height to, um, to the guard position and depth. As, as like, is this team's uh, like motto going forward is we're just trying to get tall and length uh, is what Steve Prohm is trying to recruit. Uh, he averaged 11.1 points per game last season in 32 games for DePaul, which is... Uh, really good, especially since like the likes of Prentice Nixon last year was only averaging what eight points a game for the Cyclones. So we'll see how he does. Obviously, a little bit higher competition level in the Big Twelve as opposed to um, DePaul. What what conference is DePaul in? Big East. Big East. That's what I yeah. thought, but I didn't want to say it incorrectly. Yes, uh, in but Big East. his his career. Uh, percentages are he is a, a around a 38% field goal shooter from just from the floor, uh, but nearly 37% from three, which is a pretty good clip. Um, and it will hopefully be good for the Cyclones and 80% from the free throw line, 
which is great because the Cyclones have always struggled from the free throw line, make the freebies. Uh, he is from Indianapolis, Indiana, so he's kind of close to home, uh, Midwest kid. Um, and he's not a not a super efficient rebounder or assist um, or good at dishing out the rock, as the, as the kids say. Um, but he should add some much-needed scoring help uh, for the Cyclones. He is a potential um, first or first rotation in sixth man for the Cyclones going into next season um, if he doesn't actually compete for a starting spot. So we'll see where this lands. We'll see uh, how this actually helps the team. But at least we're getting more. Uh, help at the guard position, but we still do need some more as well as we still have a few open scholarships. True, but players are players, like we said. Last players time are players. Transfer. We need. We need. We need players. And at least, at least we're recruiting basketball players, not football players, to play basketball. I mean, we're also recruiting football players, but we're we're having them play football. So that yeah. that's good. Keep keep the men in like their sport. I mean, I'm all I'm all for two sport I'm all for two sport athletes though, but there's too much overlap between football season and basketball season. Oh yeah, tough. You see it with like fall sports, spring sports. There are a lot of like football, baseball. Well, not a lot. You occasionally see football, baseball crossovers or, in the NCAA. Or but, you could see in the NCAA like a speedy wide receiver or cornerback doing football and then track or something yeah, like that. Track so and yeah, you see those. But usually they're only uh, only fall spring crossovers not fall winter but we'll see speaking of fall sports and football um jamie pollard came out with an announcement to iowa state fans um about what this football or what they're hoping and thinking this uh football season might look like as far as games at Jack Trice stadium i want to preface this by saying it's all preliminary because there's a bunch of stuff i don't know about how things are going to look in the fall but this is what essentially what Jamie Pollard said this uh, this afternoon in his letter. Um, first of all, they fully expect to be playing football games at Jack Trice Stadium come Saturday, September 5th, which I believe is the date of the first game. You can fact check me it on is. that. But, so they fully expect to be playing football that day. Um, as far as crowds, they are much less sure about that. The current plan right now is that they would limit capacity at Jack Trice Stadium to approximately half, which would be 30,000, according to Jamie Pollard. So it would be max 30,000 people at Jack Trice Stadium. Um, they're going to accomplish this as far as ticket logistics are concerned by essentially only allowing – they won't sell any single-game tickets. It will only be season tickets for the, uh, for the games this season. Um, so I haven't heard for sure whether student tickets are counting as season tickets. I've heard rumors that they will, but, um, there's still some questions about, uh, student tickets and how those would work. But as of today, there are 22,000, uh, season tickets that have been sold. They expect that the last 8,000 will also be sold as season tickets to get up to, with this new announcement to get up to, uh, the 30,000. Uh, season ticket packs sold and that will be it as far as attendance goes is the current plan um just some logistical notes in case you're a season ticket holder and want to be aware 
if for some reason, you know, financial or safety reasons, you don't want to have uh, season tickets this year, they will, you will keep your seat priority for 2021, even if you don't um, renew for this season. Um, so that's a good thing. I really give props for Iowa State for doing that. And they will give you a refund on your 2020 tickets if you are in, if you do fall in that group. So the, as, as like football gets closer, it's interesting to see that there seems to be a collective and almost unison narrative that is starting to form uh, and formulate. Um, Mark Cuban recently uh, was on the Pat McAfee show. Shout out to one of my favorite punters of all time. Uh, and he basically said that for the NFL, because he's on the uh, like national committee for getting sports back underway. Um, and he basically said that what they are looking into is trying to sell tickets to just like like season tickets, especially for the NFL, will be sold for like in like family packs almost. Since families have already been quote unquote quarantined together, uh, they all can sit together. Um, and there's just seems to be a ton of logistical issues or nightmares that go that go into that. Obviously, they have to figure out who who are actually families and who have been living together and whatnot. Um, but he said that if you're, if you're roommates with three other people and you go to the same college or you're in the same apartment, you will, you will have been quarantined together. So you can go to a game together, like the four people or whatnot. Um, so that's how that will work. But basically the narrative is most NFL stadiums or just most stadiums in general, any, any sport, will most likely function at half capacity for crowds. Yeah. And the, the one thing I like is, again, Iowa State is on the leading edge. They're on the front edge of doing these things, right? They were first on coaches and athletic department salaries, right? They're being mm -hmm. up front. They're leading the way. And I love that, right? They're fully aware and everything says, you know, this is all tentative until, you know, we get more information, you know, but they're, they're being public. They're coming out with information. They're giving us stuff to talk about and they're giving us ideas of what it might look like. And I really appreciate that because, you know, it just, it, right. It's just making us aware. So I right? eventually everyone's going to need to know this stuff. If they give it to us gradually, things don't fall through the cracks because you know, they've been planning for it for so long because they're getting information the whole time. I really appreciate that. Jamie Pollard is one of the best athletic directors in the nation, that's all. If not the best. True. I don't know enough about athletic directors to actually rank them, but I know Jamie Pollard has to be one of the best. So, Speaking of the best, we're going to talk about the best sport now. Um, and that is definitely baseball, of course. That there's no debate about that. Don't well, is it, is stop. it the nope, best? Stop, stop, is it stop, the best nope, sport nope, stop, right stop, now, though? Stop. Stop. It is the best sport. You're done. Um, baseball, like we said, it was the first one to get plans out there for restarting. But if they want to start on July 3rd for that 82-game uh, season that we talked about, they got to get a restart. they got to get this agreement ironed out fast. Because to start on July 3rd with 82 games, they got to be in camp by June 10th to 12th, somewhere in that range, which gives them, by my math, like 15 Two weeks. days. Yeah, yeah 15 like days. 15 days to get an agreement reached and get everybody to, to either their spring training or home ballparks, depending on where the teams are going to train. They're going to have their choice. But 
right? You really got to have this announcement within the next seven to 10 days. A deal has to be reached if this is going to happen. So baseball is running out of time. Um, there was a new economic proposal today um, by the owners um, towards the players, and it hasn't been formally released. So there's a lot of data missing. A lot of data is coming out piecemeal, etc. But in general, what the proposal says is that higher play, higher paid players, so your superstars, your Mookie Betts's, your Mike Trout's that have really big deals. Your Bryce Harper, who yes, everyone knows that Mike loves. Hey, Bryce Harper. Um, are going to get paid a lesser percentage of their salary. I've heard that percentage could be as low as 30% of what their salary would be. Make a note that, remember, the maximum they're going to get in any of this is 50% because that's about their um, number of prorated games that they're going to play. So it could go as low as 30% of their salary for the higher-paid players with your low-paid players going to get that full could get up to that full prorated um, amount of the deal. So the key takeaways here, or the, the biggest thing that came to my mind when I heard this, is that Major League Baseball is trying to split the union, right? Like the NFL is so good at, right? The NFL CBA passed because the NFL promised raises to the salary minimum, which is what most of the players in the NFL, right, are, while not giving the higher paid players as much, you know, by not increasing the revenue sharing percentages very much, right? And the, the, since the union is a primarily lesser paid players, it got approved because the lesser paid players, right, if they're more people, they can form a majority, even if the higher paid players don't like it, right? I feel like the MLB is trying to do the same thing here with the MLB Players Union, which, as a note, is a much stronger union and a much more united union than the NFL PA is. But that was my reaction to this proposal, is that Major League Baseball is trying to split the union here to get something done. I don't know if, Kyle or Wyatt, you had any other thoughts. I don't really. I haven't. You're more of the expert on this economic stuff for the MLB. I paid way more attention to the uh, collective bargaining agreement for the NFL yeah. than I have for this. So I am an economics minor, so that helps looking at all these economic numbers. That does come come do, doesn't come in handy at work, but you know comes in handy for sports. So you know why not? That's why one of my econ electives was sports econ. Right there, you go. It's coming in very handy here. Why did you get any thoughts on that economic proposal? Not not really. I mean, it makes sense for for them to slash, you know, it, it's the whole goes back to the whole tax thing, you know, tax the wealthy to, you know, supply the poor, you know, uh, here, everybody has a lot of money regardless, but the higher paid players help supplant the, you know, the salaries of the lower paid players. And that, that makes sense in these in these types of times, you know, if the economy was was normal, sports were normal, that would be absurd, I guess. Um, because those higher played players are paid higher for a reason. Um, I mean, it, it makes total sense um, whether or not I agree with it. Like I agree with it, but I can understand being, you know, being a Bryce Harper, being a Bryce Harper, and not getting, not even the money that I was promised after I was promised to get money. You know, I had this huge salary that got slashed in half, and now, you know, I might only get thirty percent of that. I can understand being frustrated, but that thirty percent still in ungodly amount of money 
So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I expect a lot of lot of back and forth here in the next week as they try to get this ironed out. And hopefully next week we'll be able to come to you with news that they have an agreement. So, we will see and we will keep you informed. But there was an agreement over the last couple of days in the National Hockey League. The National Hockey League has plans for what the season will look like when it resumes. And their plan is that the regular season will not resume. The NHL officially declared the regular season over today. Um, when they restart, and the key from this NHL proposal is that they didn't put any firm dates in this restart proposal with the exception of that training camps will not resume before July 1st. That's the only date in the NHL plan. So there's no real timeline on this NHL plan, but what the season's going to look like whenever it resumes is they're going to jump right into 24-team playoff. So that makes 12 teams in each conference um, will be in that playoff. The way it's going to work is the first four teams in each conference will get a first-round bye in the playoffs, but they're not going to be sitting idle. What they're going to do is they're going to play a round robin against the other um, top four teams in their conference to seed. So the top four teams aren't seeded yet. They'll play a round robin for that seeding one through four. Um, and then teams uh, five through 12 in each conference are going to be uh, playing, um, are going to be playing a best of five series Um in what will be the new first round to see um, who advances um, into the next, right into the future rounds going forward. So you have that going for you, right? Is it five through 12, five, 12, six, 11, seven, 10, eight, nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did it right. Um, yeah. We'll be uh, advancing to play those top four seeds. However, their round Robin shakes out. So that's what the NHL is going to look like when, we are uh, going forward here. Again, there's no dates, but it's good to have movement and good to have a plan going forward. We'll keep you informed on if the NHL rolls out any other dates, but otherwise, hopefully looking for training camps to resume sometime right around July 1st, hopefully being playing by mid to late July as a best-case scenario. Kyle, you added something to the outline like four seconds ago. What do you want to talk about? I did. So I just remembered that I had read this earlier um, this week, as, or and by earlier this week, I actually mean on this fall or this past Saturday. So the NBA has been in discussion with Disney in Orlando to use Disney Resorts and the ESPN Worldwide, like leader in sports, like complex, to continue the NBA season. Uh, right now, no official plans have been made, but their target restart date is the end of July. Uh, so after baseball has resumed, um, but they are looking to continue in Orlando where they have enough space for literally everyone. Um, and since Disney is is obviously shut down right now, it seems to work out pretty well if they can actually do that there. So. We'll see. There are mixed reviews from the players on whether or not they actually want to be in Florida doing it all there. But I think a lot of the players are just itching to get back to play and finish out the season. So, 
Yeah. Hopefully we'll have sports to watch soon. It's coming. It's coming. But we are going to move forward into my favorite segment of the podcast. Unless, Kyle, do you want to add another thing to the outline here quick? I mean, you got anything else you want to add random? No? No, no but I'm just going to let you go ahead because it might give me an excuse to cut you off at some point, and I love doing that. Why are you going to cut me off? Because it's just fun to do. <laughs> it's my segment. It's literally in the segment name. It's and, Mike's, and Mike's but, but, but what does it say under that? What am I doing, Kyle? Question mark. You've been getting a lot of input I don't see from that. me recently. There's, not, there's nothing there. It says Mike's stupid rules. And to continue our theme we've had over the last half dozen or so episodes, we're going to talk about rules from obscure sports. So today's obscure sport is the biathlon. Brought to you here? by Kyle. And uh, you hear biathlon, and you probably think, like, the triathlon, right? Because, you know, biathlon, triathlon, right? So what are the two events in the biathlon, since the triathlon is running and swimming and biking? Well, it's none of those things. The biathlon is cross-country skiing and rifle shooting. Yes, you got that right. You're skiing and shooting a gun. Not at the same time. You stop skiing while you're shooting. But Dang. you are carrying the gun while you are skiing. It is a requirement that you are carrying your rifle um, while you are skiing. So basically, the biathlon, um, you might see it in the Olympics. It is a winter Olympic sport. So essentially, the biathlon, you are cross-country skiing, um, usually um, for um, in a men's individual race, it's 25 kilometers. For women, it's 15 uh, and in a split race, it's half that, uh, half those distances. Um, so basically what happens is usually they do it, uh, races are in four laps, right? So after each lap, you do uh, a round of shooting. So normally there's um, two rounds of shooting from a prone position and two rounds of shooting from a standing position. Yes, you have to lie prone while wearing cross-country skis and shoot your rifle. That's uh, somewhat difficult. But essentially, Wyatt, I see you shaking your head. Did I lose you, or are you good? Yeah, I'm confused. Like, when they're when they're lying prone, are we doing, like, trap shooting, ski? Like, uh, you're rifle shooting. You're rifle shooting at a target. Just at a stationary target? Yep, yeah, at a stationary target. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you're lying prone, um, so the, the targets are always um, 55 or 50 meters away from where you're shooting. Um, when you're standing, the targets are four and a half inches wide. Um, when you're prone, you're shooting at 1.8 uh, inch targets. So smaller targets um, when lying prone, all shooting always from 50 meters away. Now, there obviously has to be some penalty for or reward for shooting poorly or well, right? So your penalty for shooting poorly uh, in an individual race, so the longer race, the 20K or 15K races, um, for every shot you miss, so you'll shoot five shots um, each um, after each lap. For each one you miss in an individual race, you uh, get a one-minute penalty added to your time. And in a sprint race, the shorter ones, um, for each shot you miss, you have to uh, ski one 150-meter um, one penalty lap for each um, shot that you miss. So... 
Um, so essentially, your your penalty for shooting poorly is either more skiing, or um, more time or more time added on to you at the end. And essentially, the winner is just the person that has the lowest time at the end of the competition. That is your basic rules for biathlon. Cool. I didn't even know what a biathlon was, to be honest, going into this. So I'm glad I came out learning something was, new today. It's one of my favorite, like, Olympic winter events. I love it. It's, it's one of those obscure sports that nobody watches except during the Olympics every four years. Yeah. It's like... Just like uh, what other sports have we done on here that are obscure Olympic sports? Curling. I curling. Obscure Olympic sports. I love curling. But a lot of obscure Olympic sports. Maybe we'll do more, maybe we'll do more obscure Olympic sports going forward on on Mike's Stupid Rules. We'll let you know. Check back in next week for our next Mike's Stupid Rules obscure sports edition. For sure. And next up, we would normally go through our accountability session and take off some of our write that down predictions that have, you know, either been completed or failed to be completed, I guess is a way to phrase that. However, without any sports happening, we have nothing to take off the board today. So we can go right into chucking up more things right onto our board. Kyle, you should get us started. Yeah, so I'm going to just casually chuck this one up there. You know, uh, the AFC Super Bowl representative this season will be the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, probably. So last week you predicted that it would be that the NFC representative would be the Saints. And we gave you a home run for that, if I remember correctly. You did. I don't think the Chiefs is a home run. I think it's probably more of a triple because they're more, much more obvious favorites in the AFC. So I'm thinking would, triple for that instead of home run. I don't know what you think, Wyatt. I would agree with that. Right, I'm so doing I'm, the chop right now if you can't see this. I mean, we can see that, but yeah. seeing as this is a podcast, our listeners cannot see that. Just for our listeners out there, all of our loyal Chiefs listeners, I'm doing the chop for you. You're welcome. Last yep. time I started singing the song, I was muted slash kicked from the call. So Yeah, we, we will do that again, just so you're aware. So I've learned my lesson. So my prediction, just because I like to um, screw with Kyle's predictions, is I am going to predict that the AFC Super Bowl representative will be the Colts. <laughs> The Indianapolis Colts. Do you think Philip Rivers is ever going to get a team to I the Super Bowl? I am a big believer in Philip Rivers. I always have been and well, I always Well, I'm will. a big believer that he's going to continue, like, like producing children. But he's never going to produce a Super Bowl team. I am a big believer in Philip Rivers. And I always will be. I'm Remember the last few opinion. years when you said that the... Uh, that the Chargers were your uh, dark horse Super Bowl team, and they and that always never were. happened because Philip Rivers chokes. Yeah, gonna... it ain't happening with the Colts, so that's a home run. Yeah, it, it is. You're right. That that's a fact. So I started this trend. I'm gonna take credit for it. Uh, my okay, prediction. I started the trend <laughs> by doing all NFL stuff, and then you guys just got on it just to mess with me. <laughs> You're right. I'm going to predict that the AFC Super Bowl representative will be the Buffalo Bills. 
Okay, so Josh Allen is horribly inconsistent. So this is a home run in itself. <laughs> also, I don't think the defense is good enough. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's a good. home run. It's I, a home run. But they have Stefan Diggs now, remember? That's going to help Josh Allen. Either way, it's okay. still a home run. Yeah, it is going to help Josh Allen, but only if Stefan Diggs isn't in his own way. Stephon Diggs is a great wide receiver. You can't deny that. As long as he gets out of his own way. And no matter what, he's a great wide receiver. As long as he's healthy. So. All right. Do we have anything from Josh to put up on the board? Is he still uh, alive? He's still alive. He's still doing good. But I got to him late today to uh, ask if he had a prediction, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. So I don't have anything for the episode. This Probably week. something about the Packers or the Brewers. That's I mean, fair. yeah, that's a fair Your prediction is about the Chiefs, so you don't get to give anybody any crap. I guess you could predict what you what think Josh's last prediction is going to be. Though. Ooh, that would be a good meta right there, down prediction. Yeah, too late now. You're, you already have a prediction of. That's true. And since we all three of us have a prediction up on the board, that means we are at the end of the Write That Down Prediction segment, which means we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 83 of the late 8311 cast. The Lady 311 cast? That would be a pretty good like late night talk show. The Lady 311 cast. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but we appreciate <laughs> well, there, you I mean, It can never be a late night uh, talk show because Mike goes to bed at 10, so... Hey, I mean, 10 isn't really late night. I mean, late night shows aren't live. Like, they're taped at, like, 3 p.m. I mean, yeah, I do know that. I think Jimmy Fallon starts his monologue at, like, 3.15 p.m. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, off the rails. Let's get back on the rails and end the episode. We appreciate you sticking around for episode 83. Make sure to tune in next week to episode 84, because that's the next episode, because we go in sequential order. Check us out on Instagram at 8311cast, 8311cast. Uh, signing off for the 83 cast. We have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Tudor. Talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.